From the Richard A. Brown Nipty Radio Recording Studios, high above 107 Columbia Street in the heart of Uptown Downtown Albany, welcome to this week's edition of the Nipty Practice Tips. Thank you, Johnny, and welcome everyone to this week's edition of the Practice Tips. Today we're going to be discussing trials in absentia and the very important rules that you must follow in order to assure that a conviction secured in a trial in absentia will stand up on an appeal. So let's take a look. A defendant has the right to waive his or her constitutional right to be present for trial. If a defendant absents him or herself voluntarily from the court when the trial is about to commence or during the trial itself, the court is permitted to proceed without the defendant being present if the court makes a proper finding that the defendant has voluntarily, knowingly, and intelligently chosen to waive the right to be present. This absence may occur in situations where a defendant has been released on bail or his or her own recognizance, and fails to return to court. It may also occur when the defendant is being held on bail, but chooses not to be in court when the trial takes place. In either situation, the people must establish two primary facts exist before they can proceed without the defendant being present. Number one, the defendant was aware of the right to be present, and that, number two, his or her absence is the result of the defendant's voluntary, knowing, and intelligent waiver of this right to be present, and the absence is not the result of events which are not under his or her control, such as the defendant has been taken into custody on an unrelated matter in a different jurisdiction and is unable to be in court for the scheduled trial. The procedure or record that establishes the court has informed the defendant of these rights are commonly referred to as Parker warnings, wherein the court informs the defendant of the court's intent to commence trial on the next calendar date, for example, and that the trial will proceed even if the defendant chooses to absent him or herself. This comes from the case of People v. Parker, a Court of Appeals decision from 1982. Before a trial in absentia is commenced, the court must conduct a hearing known as a Parker hearing, at which the people are required to establish that the defendant was given his or her Parker warnings. As was written, in order to effect a voluntary, knowing, and intelligent waiver, the defendant must, at a minimum, be informed in some manner of the nature of the right to be present at trial and the consequences of failing to appear. And this, of course, comes from the Parker decision. Establishing that the defendant was given complete Parker warnings does not automatically permit a trial in absentia. The court must also establish that the defendant's absence is voluntary. To make a sufficient record, most factual situations require an adjournment for the people to secure information that would indicate the defendant's absence is a result of a conscious decision on his or her part and that she cannot be located. As the court wrote in the Parker decision, we consider it appropriate to emphasize 
that even after the court has determined that the defendant has waived the right to be present at trial by not appearing after being apprised of the right and the consequences of non-appearance, trial in absentia is not thereby automatically authorized. Rather, the trial court must exercise its sound discretion upon consideration of all appropriate factors, including the possibility that the defendant could be located within a reasonable period of time, the difficulty of rescheduling trial, and the chance that evidence will be lost or witnesses will disappear. In most cases, the simple expedient of adjournment pending execution of a bench warrant could provide an alternative to the trial in absentia unless, of course, the prosecution can demonstrate that such a course of action would be totally futile. The appropriate procedure to follow when the defendant fails to appear is to first request that a bench warrant be issued after the defense attorney is questioned by the court as to any instructions he or she may have given the defendant about returning to court, and the last time he or she had contact with the defendant and any effort he or she made to contact the defendant since that time, and to whom he or she spoke in an effort to secure his or her presence in court. Once the bench warrant is issued, you should direct a member of service to attempt to locate the defendant and prepare a report as to the efforts made to locate the defendant. This should include going to the defendant's last known address, place of work, contacting any known relatives and close associates, as well as checking local hospitals and law enforcement resources to determine if the defendant has been taken into custody for an unrelated matter. Checking these along with any other locations where this defendant might normally be found will help determine that she or he cannot be found and that the clear inference to be drawn is that he or she has voluntarily absented him or herself from the court. When this procedure is completed, a hearing is held where this member of service testifies to all of the efforts made to locate the defendant. Also remember to include any additional information that the defense attorney has been able to provide the court in explaining his or her absence during the time of the adjournment for the member of service's investigation. If there are additional witnesses that have specific information as to the basis for the absence of the defendant, they should be called to testify. The court should then be in a position to properly determine that the defendant has intentionally absented him or herself from the trial and that it will be proper to proceed with the trial without the defendant being present. In addition to evidence secured at the hearing, the observations of the court are also relevant and should be added to the record by the court in reaching his or her ultimate decision. There are circumstances where the warnings are not required and the defendant's conduct is of such a nature that it demonstrates his or her waiving of the right to be present without further inquiry. One example occurs when a defendant is consistently disruptive in the court and prevents the orderly procedure of the trial. This may result in the defendant being precluded from the courtroom during the trial. In the case of People v. Sanchez, a Court of Appeals case from 1985, the court held that the Parker warnings were not required to have been given for the trial to proceed without the defendant. The court wrote, The rationale of People v. Parker has no application to the circumstances of these cases. There, the court held that Parker's conduct in failing to appear for court on the date scheduled for trial did not unambiguously indicate a waiver of her right to be present at trial. 
neither did it unambiguously indicate a defiance of the process of law sufficient to effect a forfeiture, which was certainly the situation in the Sanchez case. If the trial in absentia results in a guilty verdict of the defendant, it is then equally appropriate for the court to conduct a sentence in absentia procedure. This is appropriate for a number of reasons, but one of the practical aspects of this is the fact that if the defendant is sentenced immediately following the trial, the likelihood is that when he or she returns to court, it will be as a result of a new arrest for a new case. And that new case, the alleged crime, most likely took place after the sentencing on the case for which he was tried in absentia. For that reason, the defendant will stand as a predicate felony offender because he or she will have been sentenced on the absentia verdict before he or she committed the crime for which they are now to be tried. Please be sure to see the expanded memo that has just been added to the prosecutor's encyclopedia on this topic. It includes many case citations and authority for all of the information that we've supplied in this nifty practice tip. Of special importance is to see in these cases the number of reversals that took place because of the court's failure to conduct a sufficient extensive examination and search for the defendant before the trial in absentia took place. So please be very careful with this part of the issue when dealing with the court. Our thanks to Johnny, our announcer, and to our crack producer and man who's about to be on the road, Jonathan Marconi Crispino. To all of you out there, be well and stay ready, my friends. Take my hands, don't be afraid, I wanna poop every word I say. I'm in the time to let's go free, so you can play so here with me. Oh, what's it coming to mind? It ain't nothing but kissing. Pretty little thing, the more like she can't afford.